Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm joined today by Brendan Lee Young. So Brendan, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. It's a pleasure to have you. Brendan is a co-founder of a fintech company called Passive, which is a portfolio management tool that's designed to help self-directed investors to manage and grow their own wealth. Brendan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that Passive currently manages is it over 20,000 accounts and is on track to hit $1 billion in assets this year. Yeah, we 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 we've passed a billion early a bit a couple of months ago. Uh, so yeah, we're helping a lot of uh, self-directed investors manage their accounts, and it's been fantastic, really, just seeing the amount of trust uh, our users placing us, and that's evident in the amount of assets they trust us with. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, so Brendan, so without sort of delaying things further, I'm sure my listeners is going to be fascinated to hear your story and why you started Passive in the first place and how uh, you helped uh, do-it-yourself investors uh, using your platform to get amazing results from the investments. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as you can tell, I have a bit of an accent. I'm from a small Caribbean island called Trinidad and Tobago, and I moved to Canada in 2008. And so myself and a couple of friends, we moved there to complete our undergraduates degree. And um, at the time, I told my girlfriend and some other family members, I was like, hey, don't worry, I'm just going to be gone for a year. <laughs> fast, <laughs> fast forward a year, and I'm having this same conversation telling them how much I'm going to stay because I just honestly I saw a lot of opportunities here in Canada and I've always had this desire to be my be like my own boss be an entrepreneur and um, quite frankly the opportunities in Trinidad and Tobago aren't as much as Canada and so that's sort of why I decided to stay um, and, and for some people, you know, they may think it's an easy decision, but it's really tough being an immigrant and leaving your yeah. family and friends behind to chase a yeah. dream that you might not accomplish, right? So, um, yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, but anyway, yeah, after graduation, I got a job in, in tech that allowed me to get my residency in Canada. Yeah. And so upon getting my residency, I went back to school to do an MBA uh, because I wanted to really focus in entrepreneurship. And so I learned about entrepreneurship and well, at least I thought I learned about (laughs) entrepreneurship because whatever you learn in school uh, does not necessarily align with reality. Um, I I learned that a long time ago, but um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you the same, but uh, you don't know that at the time. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I while I was doing my MBA, I took this course just out of random interest uh, called value investing. And um, quite honestly, that course 
probably <laughs> gave me the entire amount of value I got out of my MBA program because yeah. like I thought I was going into this course learning how to pick stocks, beat the markets. And what I learned was it's just really hard. And the average investor who doesn't have much time to spend, um, you know, like looking at fundamentals and and, and searching screeners to find stocks is that you can buy an index fund and hold it for the rest of your life. And you'd probably beat most active fund managers and so that was the one data point that sort of stood out for me when I took this course and so anyway um, (laughs) I left the course almost convinced that I could not beat the markets consistently and and be like Warren Buffett Um, so anyway that sort of got me interested more into passive investing obtaining financial independence and so I I graduated from my MBA, worked in tech again, but this time I was trying to chase the financial independence dream. And basically, even though I was invested in a handful of ETFs, it was a bit, it was, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, it was cumbersome because I had to use spreadsheets yeah, to yeah. help me like balance my portfolio, track my returns. Yeah. And so <laughs> I would be like, like on a Friday afternoon, just just about lunchtime, hiding from my boss while I'm <laughs> trying to figure out my Excel spreadsheet to place trades at my broker. And so anyway, I I just sort of like said, "Geez, man, this this is this is too much." And so I I I gave up for a bit. I just bought what I could buy, and I just said, "You know what? I'll just let it ride." And um, yeah, fast forward like maybe two years and. I met my co-founder at a friend's party and he was telling me about how he had the same problem of basically managing his investments at his online broker. And so he built this really cool Python script that helped him to manage his money at his broker because they had uh, something called an open API. Yeah, and so, yeah. So basically that allowed him to build this script and manage his money. And uh, he was telling me about it. And I was like, dude, I have this exact same problem. Can I borrow your script? <laughs> well, even though I worked in tech, I'm not a coder. Yeah. So I looked, I just saw like lines of code. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, what, what does this mean? How do I use it? And um, so he basically built this nice web interface that I could use and some of his friends and family members can use it as well. And that, that sort of conversation and problem is what sort of was the genesis for us to look at passive as a, as a real business to help people that had the same problems that we did uh, manage their wealth at online brokers. So yeah, that's sort of like the entire story. Started, from, yeah. I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a common problem because uh, it's not just about knowing the market uh, and what to buy, et cetera, which is, you know, for for most people, it's an almost impossible uh, knowledge gap to fill uh, because you need to know what you're doing. Uh, so trackers, again, they become a lot more popular in the UK as well. I have been for a number of years. Um, model portfolios is something that's becoming stronger and stronger here as well. Um, but managing it is a different animal altogether. You can spend so much time uh, tracking investments, uh, rebalancing, uh, all the things you need to do, uh, which most people, uh, like uh, something you did, uh, will give up after a short space of time because it's too much like hard work. 
Yeah, and and it's funny there there are a lot of similarities here in Canada to the U- UK, uh, especially in terms of model portfolios. That's yeah. actually how we got started. We yeah. we were following this blog that had this really cool tree fund ETF portfolio that we could implement. But that's sort of how they get you, right? When I say they, I mean like um, institutions. Institutions. <laughs> they they put these model portfolios out, knowing that some no the average person doesn't want to spend time in Excel yeah. trying to replicate it. But anyway, I guess my my business partner, he was like such such a good code and an engineer he just said you know what i'm just gonna do this script and and build this thing and who would have thought it sort of would evolve to where we're at today so how is it actually uh, evolved to this stage because uh, i've oh, had a look at obviously your uh, demo platform i i must admit it's it looks like a really useful tool um so you've obviously started off something which is quite basic but you've you've obviously noted a gap in the market, which is obviously the fundamental um, characteristic you need as an entrepreneur, uh, which mm-hmm. you've done that. So how has it gone from the early days where you had that original script from uh, your co-founder, um, Brendan, his, his name is as well, if I remember. Yeah. Yes. So how have you gone from that to where you are now? Okay, so... All right, I'll, I'll I'll pick up from where I left my story off. So he he built this web app, and we were like, well, maybe there are the, there are other people besides us and our friends and family yeah. who who could benefit from this. So we went to an online forum and we posted, seeing if there'd be any interest. And lo and behold, there were tons of people that sort of self-identified saying, hey, I have this problem. I want to try it. And um, basically, as people started using the product, they'd give us feedback on it. And so we just kept iterating on the feedback, yeah. improving things. And um, it's really just listening to your users and understanding the why behind their requesting a feature. Because oftentimes, someone would say, um, I want X, but you need to understand why they want this X. And um, that's only possible through like really close-knit user feedback. So we didn't yeah. try to optimize to make money. Uh, I, in fact, for the first year, we didn't make any money. And that was never the point. It was just really to get feedback and and see if we could move from this really niche rebalancing yeah. tool to something more broad. And it just evolved based on user feedback and Really, it, it was this this initial online community that helped us develop it. And it got so, I don't know, good or popular that, that users started telling their friends. And so then you started having this sort of like growth coefficient where as one person comes it's in, you, it, tells you them, it goes slowly, slowly trickles and then whoosh. Yeah. And so anyway, that that's sort of what happened. And the broker that Passive was in, integrated with they started to see that their clients were were using passive on their end because it's a secure connection that we make with the broker and so they they approached us and they're like well do you want to partner with us and we we were like sure because as a as a young startup bootstrap SaaS company you're going to spend a lot of money on marketing to get these early users and so fortunately enough the uh, uh the brokers that that we invested our money and they sort of saw the the need and they like well, they, saw, they certainly saw the potential uh, yeah to, to want yeah. to even partner with you so yeah and kudos to them because at the time like 
our website uh, too was really really rudimentary um so it's 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 evolved as a as a function of user feedback and getting that sign of trust from the brokerage partners that we have today they sort of push us to you know uh, improve the product and you know be where we're at really okay so i think for uh, for some of the listeners who may not be familiar with uh, these types of tools um but my understanding is that uh, first of all, you need to obviously uh, open up a broker's account, which is one of the, the main factors, and you need that the API code from them. Do you want to explain, first of all, for the listeners, what an API code is? Yeah, so an API is an application programming interface, and it's just basically a it, it's something that a financial institution or, or, or any product really would, would present to other developers and say, hey, you can use my platform securely through this framework. And that's sort of what the API means. It just allows to... Software. It's a connection, isn't it? It's a connection. Exactly. It's a connected. Allow it facilitates yeah. a connection yeah. between two platforms. And so how passive works is that you must have a broker. Sorry, you must have an account at the brokerages that we are integrated with. Yeah. And um, that's just because we we prioritize working with brokers that have open APIs because yeah. it's it's very safe for our users okay. um, and they don't have to worry about giving us their username and passwords. It's it's all done through the API. That's going to be uh, obviously a major concern for most uh, people is the security of uh, their data as well as their investments on that platform. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's the beauty of it. By, by integrating with the broker, we actually don't hold our users' money. Yeah. They, they, they have yeah. full control over their money. At it's just a mirror image of really what they've got, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so, all right, so you, you, you have an account at the brokers we integrate with. Yeah. Then you sign up to Passive. Yeah. And once you sign up to Passive, you're, you're then prompted with two options. You yeah. could import your current portfolio and set yeah. that as your target allocation. Yeah. Or you can build your own target allocation from scratch and once you do either of those two things passive looks at the available cash that you have in yeah. relation to your target portfolio okay. and will tell you the trades that you need to place to keep your portfolio balanced and so we we designed it in a way where it's what we call buy only it in terms of buying the underweight assets okay. only um and so we we found that's helpful because it minimizes the amount of trades that you place. Yeah. And sometimes users don't necessarily want to sell overweight assets, but yeah. if they want, they can flip a switch and pass this algorithm, can factor in buying, well, selling and Fair then in. buying yeah. of assets. And so anyway, my point is, is that once you figure out what your target allocation should be, passes algorithm is flexible enough to help you either buy underweight assets, but sell and buy assets, or even do dollar cost averaging into your holdings. And so um, once you set up your portfolio, passive, like basically takes that sort of work uh, out of the equation for you. And all you as a user have to do is look at the calculated trades. And if you think it makes sense, you can then log into your broker and place them. Yeah. Or if you are a passive elite user, which is the, the the paid version of our product, you could click a button and have all of those trades placed for you. For you. And, and, and of the interfacing time. connection. Okay. Yeah. And so, and, and, and 
on a bare bones level, that's how passive works. Of course, if your portfolio drifts, we'll send you an email to let you know, hey, how, your portfolio is drifting. Where, how long? I mean, what's the parameters there? Is it if it if it changes by five percent, ten percent, or is it sort of you get an email or a notification once a day, or what? What is the work? Yeah. So the beauty of it is it's set by the user. By default, we've oh, set up okay. a we've set up a ten percent drift across your portfolio. So if it if it just Combined by 10%, you get that email. Of course, some users opt to adjust their settings to have 5 or 2%. But that's the beauty about Passive. It's so flexible that it, it really empowers our users to be their own wealth manager and invest passively in their style. Because even though there's passive investing, what we've learned is that passive investing means different things to people. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's... Passive uh, investing is where you... Um... I would like the beginning is where you are in, uh, investing in uh, trackers, uh, ETFs, etc. Not picking individual stocks. That that's correct. But you could also be considered passive, at least according to some of our users, um, which we listen to a lot. Um, who we listen to a lot is that you could you could let's say buy a stock that you believe is undervalued and hold it for a very long time, and by that yeah. definition. Are you a passive investor? And so what we've seen is that people start with trackers yeah. and it is debatable. Yeah, 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 I get yeah, that. Yeah. But people start with trackers and then they get into one-off stock picks. And so you, we, in the early days, we'd get emails from users saying, hey, I have this tracker portfolio that, that I'm managing, but I hold Apple stock and I don't want it to be part of my balance portfolio, but your, your, your algorithm keeps telling me to sell it. What could I do? Yeah. And so we had to build this setting called exclude stock picks so that okay. pe- yeah. people that are, yeah. are basically following trackers, but also doing a few speculative stock picking on the side or maybe long-term buying whole strategies so that they could almost still get that balancing functionality, but excluding the stocks that they're just buying and holding and you know they don't want to look at for the next 10, 20 years. And so... I tell you yeah. what I love about this is um, this is about uh, a journey for a lot of uh, investors where, as you said, they may start off with uh, some basic portfolios made up of trackers. As they build in confidence and knowledge, they then uh, will branch out and buy individual stocks and you learn and you learn and you learn. So people can become quite adept of um uh, investing for themselves uh, by a, a series of uh, learning how these work, but it's a great place to start. Yeah, and internally we we have this sort of debate because it's like where do you draw the line yeah, exactly. with your platform? And so my co-founder, he's a hardcore indexer. Yeah, I, I would consider myself a core and explore type person. So okay. I would I would have ninety percent of my assets in solid index yeah, yeah, trackers yeah, yeah. and you know but i i like to i like to use my value investing skills at time yeah uh, at times and so we we've had debates internally in terms of where do we draw the line do we do we allow users to 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 have options to hedge their portfolios do we do we um do we set do we have another module that lets people do more active investing and so from our point of view we think we think 
the the line should be drawn where users aren't necessarily doing day trading because there there are other platforms out there that yeah. let you do yeah, yeah, day no, trading no. and that's that's not yeah, the reason yeah. behind no. why we started passive and so i think serving the core and explore and index investing folks are is probably where we're where we're going to stay all right but you in th- you've got the ability to have more than one portfolio on the, on your tool on your platform so in theory people can have you know, um, a standardized tracker type portfolio, but they can have another portfolio which is a slightly different from that and may incorporate some of the individual stocks, etc. So, yeah, yeah, that's that 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 feature was also built from our users' feedback as well because what 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 we heard was that users were like, "Hey, I have one account." And I want to have two portfolios for that one account. And for my co-founder, he he couldn't understand why someone would want to do that because he's he's a hardcore indexer. But for me, I, I thought it made sense because again, you 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 might either want to have a spec a separate speculative portfolio in one account and not necessarily thought, yeah, different risk open profile, up. a totally different risk profile. Yeah, so uh, yeah. different length of time, so different time scales, which means obviously the longer, in theory, you can have a longer or a different appetite for risk. Shorter time scales can be obviously a little bit more conservative. Uh, but the other thing I picked up before we come on on air is that um, I can see this being used for comparing uh, a, a professionally managed portfolio with one that you do yourself. Yeah, so I'll I'll tell you the story about a friend of mine. So he he was with a popular robo advisor here in Canada, and so he he actually took their their ETF model portfolio and replicated it in yeah. in in passive, and so he was trying to compare between theirs and his, and he was like, "Oh man, oh man, this is so great! I, I'm I'm outperforming the robo advisor. Why is that?" I was like, well, it's because of the fees, dude. You're you're not paying. I, I think in Canada you pay about like maybe 50 basis points for just rebalancing. And and so he can understand that he was slightly overperforming the robo advisor because he was saving on that that rebalancing fee, which by the way, I think it's wild that someone would pay a robot uh a percentage of their net worth over time just for rebalancing. I think that's yeah. that that's kind of wild, at least yeah. for me. And maybe maybe that's yeah. just because of my level of investing. But I could see if it I could see it making sense for someone that's not as sophisticated yeah, or different strokes for different yeah. folks yeah. is my point. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely. but but yeah, so he he did this thing and he realized that eventually he was only outperforming his role because he was saving on that fee. And Personally, when I started investing, my employer would match do do matching contributions to uh, a mutual uh, my uh, like a, a mutual fund. fund. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in Canada, mutual funds on average are like two yeah. percent, and and so just by following a a model tracker ETF model ETF tracker portfolio, I was just saving on that two percent. And um, eventually, I, I just when I left my job, I just moved everything out. But I, you know, and so I could I could totally see why people would compare because I was always comparing my returns from my employer sponsored mutual fund to my DIY tracker portfolio, and I always outperformed. Um, of course, um, 
again, it's because of the fees and maybe maybe the 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 asset allocation was a bit different. But um, which I think is also important to point out is that if you're comparing, you probably want to compare apples to apples in terms of yeah, yeah. The, the asset allocation. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, you've mentioned asset allocation a few times. So again, for the listeners, can you? Uh, explain the importance of asset allocation. Uh, you've also mentioned uh, once you've established your target asset allocation, how do people, well, first of all, one, what is asset allocation? What does that mean? Um, how do you uh, define or decide on what your target asset allocation is? Yeah, so basically, I see asset allocation as not putting all of your your eggs in one basket. It's essentially a risk mitigation uh, tool. So instead of putting all of your retirement savings into one stock like Tesla or GameStop, you take take your money and you spread it out across a a variety of assets. Um, Of course, those assets are not just like stocks. They can also be bonds. And so therefore the concept comes in well, for my stocks bucket, I'll put $5,000 into stocks. And for my bonds bucket, I'll put $5,000 into bonds. And so then your asset allocation would be that mixture of your money between stocks and bonds. And hopefully within your stocks bucket, there aren't like just one stock, but multiple stocks, because even within that stock bucket, you want to be diversified as well. And so I, I equate asset allocation to diversification yeah and it's a way of uh, having a much more robust portfolio which is less volatile um so it does help with de-risking the portfolio as well yeah and um to 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 answer your point about how do you come up with your asset allocation um so i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna pause here because when i say pause I, i think about how i came up with mine and so I followed a model portfolio and I thought to myself, well, I like taking risks. I don't mind if the market drops by 50% because I've trained my mind to see that as a buying opportunity. So I would consider myself to be high risk. So that was very, very, very subjective. And at the time I had never ever seen a market yeah. crash. So yeah. as Mike Tyson said, it's one thing to have a plan, but when you get hit, how does you it plan? <laughs> Yeah. So 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 initially when when I went through my the, the construction of my portfolio, I I, I was very subject subjective because I, I found a model portfolio, said I don't want to hold any bonds, so I, I must be aggressive. Yeah. But 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 then a friend of mine said, Oh, really? Are you sure you're aggressive? How how would you act in these scenarios? And so I was like, hmm, maybe I need to look for something else. And so I stumbled upon across a risk assessment questionnaire right so i i I said i led you into that nicely i think so (laughs) yeah so so vanguard has a very good risk assessment questionnaire that they do and so i yeah i took that that told me well brendan actually you're you're not as aggressive as you thought you are um maybe so i i went from a hundred percent equities portfolio down to i think it was like 80 20 and um, they asked me a series of questions. And, and so that's sort of what I would recommend to anyone is that you look for some sort of basically risk assessment questionnaire if you, if you can't properly assess your own risk. Of course, some people argue, well, 
how could a questionnaire tell you what your actual risk tolerance is? I've heard counter arguments there, but from my experience, if anything, they've been more conservative, which I think isn't de- a bad thing. I think they design for that. Like there's there's multitude of uh, risk tools out there. Um, um, I think it's it's a question of you need to start somewhere. Um, you can't just do you know finger in the air and I want that level of risk because you understand what that means. And it's not about risk; it's also about uh, capacity for loss because some people can't afford um, uh, to lose money or any drop, uh, any big drop in terms of the investments uh, that they do. So, I think it's this is where for me it's a big, big issue where people who do invest in, especially for those that do invest in uh, themselves, do it yourself then is, is to understand the level of risk that is right for them. And that dictates then the uh, asset allocation that they should be taking. I, 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 completely, I completely agree. And that's why I'm a big fan of, in Canada, we've got this, this group of financial advisors that are fee-for-service. Um, they, they operate just like a, an accountant or a mechanic yeah. would. You, you meet with them, they help you yeah. determine your asset allocation and then... Yeah. They help you create a, a plan and you go off and you, you implement your plan by yourself. In absence of that, I would use an online risk assessment questionnaire just because uh, it's better than being subjective. And is there any that you use which is linked to your tool or is it something that uh, people have to go off and find for themselves? Yeah, you'd, you'd have to. So because passive is really designed for self-directed investors, you'd have to either speak to someone yeah, okay. or, 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 or find an independent tool. I personally use the Vanguard yeah. risk assessment tool yeah. and I trust Vanguard because they, they make great Well, they, obviously they are the leaders in, in the world in terms of what they're doing. So um, it's not perfect by any shape or form. And um, uh, having obviously used... Uh, I use all types of investments, as you know, um, and all different types of risk profile questions. So like everything else, it's a good starting point. Um, and if you are um, starting out and haven't got anything else, then it's as good a place as any to start. For sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Okay. So in terms of stage of your development for passive, so what is, on, what is next? What's on the horizon for passive? What's your sort of plans for the future? Yeah, so I would like for us to well, firstly, where we we've got a we've got segments of users who are developers and they're big believers in in, in cryptocurrencies, okay. and I, I I speculate a bit in it, um, but but some there's like from what I've seen, there's some segments of users that believe this is a new asset class and it's going to be there in their portfolio, a co holding in their portfolio for a long term. So we've started to integrate with some cryptocurrency exchanges. And that's just to serve users who are a bit more advanced in that segment. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, we're, we're looking at improving our onboarding experience. So we started with a very simple product and now it's gotten a bit more robust. And so I think making sure that users get the right experience for their level of comfort is important because I would hate to feel like, like if, if you're just, signing up to use passive to just manage a tracker ETF portfolio. You might not necessarily want to be presented with all of our features that help you invest in a tax efficient way. So understanding and improving that 
user onboarding experience I think is critical. And the third thing that's on our radar is helping users discover model ETF portfolios. And so those three things I would say are what's on our short-term plan. Okay. Uh, is this platform suitable for anybody uh, in, uh, you know, across the globe? Or is this just specific for Canada and the US, for example? We our, our goal is to be global, and so I, actually I should have mentioned that. I thought it was it was a bit implied, but we're we're, we're trying to be a, we're a software company. We'll never try to be a financial institution, and so we see Passive as as operating on top of many brokerages across the world. And today we're integrated with interactive brokers. They're global brokers. So if you want to use Passive and you're in the UK, all you have to do is have an account with interactive brokers and you can use us. Yeah, I was looking at the brokers that you've got. So I actually didn't recognize any of them. So <laughs> and 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 that's and that's that's something else that 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 we're 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 trying to improve is that really how do you get access to brokers that have no open APIs? And that's that's something we're working on. And so we hope that by us partnering with the ones that do have these open APIs, some feel a bit left out to the party and they they, 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 they try to have uh, I, conversations to let us integrate. All right. Well, you're at, obviously you're at different stages anyway as you develop and grow. So again, same with the platform. Also, is very much um, designed for uh, North America. So is that going to be sort of a European or a um, British slant on there as well with either euros or, or, or pound sterling on there? Oh yeah, like we 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 support a, a ton of currencies. The, the the limitation is just really the the brokerage integrations, and so that's why like interactive brokers, a, a UK citizen could open a, bro- yeah. a, a, a IBKR account if they wanted to. But um, the what 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 I think we could do to help though is by partnering with third party aggregators to help users who are in the UK still get the calculated trades, but then they just have to go off to their brokerage platform and place them. And so that's something we've started doing now. So um, I would say if you're in the UK and you don't have an account with interactive brokers, nor do you want to get one, then give us, give us about a year. And within a year, we would have a lot of coverage across, across many brokerages because we'll work with third party uh, aggregation services and, just just be forewarned, the best experience is always with a broker that we have a direct integration with, but you could still get the benefit out of passive if you yeah. have um, a, a broker we don't support when we when we get these aggregation capabilities. All right. And on passive, again, if I understand it correctly, you've got a free version and you've got a paid version. So what is what you get with the paid that, that you don't get with the, the free version? Yeah, so so the the free version just gives you the calculated trades. Uh, with the with the paid version, you get the ability to place one click trades. So at the click of a button, boom, all of your trades are allocated. You get features that allow you to have more control over your currencies and how they are treated. Some users don't want to incur foreign conversion um, forex conversion fees at yeah. their brokers so they can they can flip a switch and and have more say over how their currencies are treated uh, aside from that you can group and prioritize assets into classes and and rebalance and allocate cash in accordance with those classes and um, that's pretty much it just those three features for now all right well it's, it's still worthwhile so um 
We're coming towards the end of uh, sure. our conversation today, which I've enjoyed very much. But there's a question I always ask all of my guests, For and sure. I'll ask you the same. Um, and that question is, what does wealth mean to you, Brendan? To be honest with you, I would say wealth means freedom. And by freedom, I mean being able to enjoy life on my own terms. Um, and also, not that I don't want to work, I would like to also work in my own terms. So uh, when you think about some people who take jobs, they may take the highest the job that pays them the most yeah. money and, and they're not necessarily happy. And I think having that sort having wealth allows you to pick and choose the projects and jobs you, you take up. Yeah. I think it's, it's uh, very much about uh, choices. Um, that's for sure. So I mean, different things to different people. So your answer was perfect. So okay. now if people wanted to use passive, then how do they get in touch with you to open up an account, use a demo or whatever they may want to use passive for. So, yeah. So if, 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 if anyone wants to sign up to passive, all you have to do is visit P A S S I V.com. So that's passive.com. Yeah. And, um, if you visit passive.com slash Tony talks, uh, what we've done is we've set up a, a special coupon that's going to give uh, anyone that signs up 50% off of Passive Elite for two years. And so I would encourage anyone that has an account with Interactive Brokers, um, if you're listening and you want to take advantage of this special offer, just go to Passive.com slash Tony Talks and you'll be able to get that special offer. Uh, that's very genuine generous of you and no i'll problem. put all these links up on the show notes so uh, if people want to uh, find those links all they have to do is go on to the uh, one of the shows and pick up those links for sure and please please if you do try us send us an email give us some feedback we're always trying to improve um tony you rightfully pointed out that uh we need to uh like maybe expand our coverage a bit more to to the the, the european market and yeah. so um we're always open to feedback from users in the UK as to how we can do that. We thought it's best with interactive brokers, but that's just the first step really. So um, we welcome any feedback from, from, from your listeners. Uh, Europe is a, is a big market. So I'm sure you can have, um, uh, if you obviously fulfill their requirements, you can have a, another market, which is a perfect for you guys as well. So Brendan, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I think you were too is actually uh, fantastic and it's going to help a lot of investors. So good luck with that and wish you all the best in everything that you do. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do, or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk, or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TTWealth News, which contains practical money tips, that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. 
So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.